Hello, this is William Goldsmith, and I am Ben's friend. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. (laughs) Hey, this is William Goldsmith, and I am Ben's guest on Big Fat Five. What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. This week's guest is the William Goldsmith. William has been a member of two incredibly influential bands, Sunny Day Real Estate and Foo Fighters, in addition to The Fire Theft, his current project Assertion, and many others. William's emotional and bombastic yet dynamic grooves have been in many previous guest top five, and if you listen to the show, especially recently, you've heard his name quite a bit. I could go on and on about his drumming, but I sort of do it to his face at the beginning of this chat, so let's just get right into it. I hope you enjoy learning about the records that shaped William into the drummer he is today, with a whole bunch of tangents that I loved exploring. The first track you'll hear is Red Elephant by Sunny Day Real Estate off their self-titled Sophomore Album, endearingly known as The Pink Album. Be sure to listen to the end because we play an unreleased track by William's upcoming album with Assertion. Let's just say the man still got it. So I love you all. Cheers. good at you at taking compliments i'm horrible at it but how how good are you um i i'm horrible at it but i'm better than i used to be because when i in my earlier years i had this really horrible self-loathing issue <laughs> so i think it was you're among friends that, here yeah my catholic upbringing maybe but uh <laughs> I, you know and uh so and now uh now it's just i i it it's i don't ever take it for granted obviously but um i just i just appreciate it and um having it go to my head is not in my dna so but i've gotten better at not being like you know what are you talking about man i you know like you know like i used to like get mad at people oh sure i I mean it's crazy as that is no i'm i like like i said you're among friends but i asked because how does it make you feel when i say these words and i truly mean it from the bottom of my heart that you are probably one of the most influential drummers in rock in the last 30 years. What is that? <laughs> How do you take that? Uh, that definitely hard to process. But the, I, there was this unfiltered element to my playing, and I was completely self-taught, just like an ADHD fucking like chaos nightmare kid, you know? Yeah. So, so um, there, there was a just completely unfiltered raw expression of humanity that was just not something that I was trying to do. It's just what I was doing. And so that that aspect is the only 
thing that I can think maybe, but then again, that's, there's all players are like that, I guess. I don't know. So, I mean, I don't know, but I, um, yeah, I, it's always weird because I'm definitely not, a, I'm not, although I'm trying to be now, like I've actually like, since I started teaching, I've actually been trying to like, cause I got to have stuff to teach. So I've been having to go and like get out of my own box, you know, and, and, uh, and try to uh, sort of expand my, you know, my horizons and sort of work on things that I maybe neglected. Or my thing before is I would never ever practice. I only played with the band. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I've gone away from that now. And now it's like I play every single day, uh, you know, by myself. Or you know, now I practice most of practicing with the band. A lot of times now is just like having the recording, you know, playing. If you did do it to a click, that is, which is, you know. Uh, or just playing to a click with the songs in my head, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I, I asked because I, and I think I said this in the intro email that I, that I sent to you, but you have been on, so I've been doing this about two and a half years now, and you've been a lot of drummers. You've been in their top five. So I just wanted you to know that. And I want to be the one to tell you that. So, um, I'm really excited to have you on because I want to get to know you more through the albums that made, that made William William. But, um, you've meant a lot to a lot of drummers that I look up to. So, um, wow. there you wow. go, ma'am. Yeah. Well, that's wow. I, uh, I, I can't process it. Well, that, that, that's, you don't have to. I mean, like I said, that, that's why I kind of asked at first. Cause I was like, this would make me like, I gotta go by. Um, but I just needed to say that, but that red elephant, um, that recording, man, I, there's so much going on in that. And I think that is such an amazing drum performance. I mean, so much of your stuff, um, with sunny day, but especially, that song just sounds so good, man. I, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a weird drum part. I, I, in the stu- a lot of the stuff for the Pink Record era of things, like um, uh, I was going out of my way to try to rebel against. Uh, I, I wanted to do if anything was sounding too like uh, I don't know, almost poppy sounding. Sounding, I would throw a, <laughs> I would throw a totally. curveball at it. Yeah, you know, just because I was, you know, I was a little bit. Um, I rebelled it, I think, too much to to a certain again degree. the Catholic upbringing, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we were broken up when we made that record. So oh yeah, so we had broken up, but then we were like, but well, let's do let's make this record, and then do this one last tour with Shudder to Think, and and so and uh, Brainiac was on part of it, and then uh, Soul Coughing was on the rest. But like, uh, mm. we were broken up, and we decided to do the record. Nate and Jeremy and I went in and basically tracked the stuff, just the three of us. And most of a lot of the stuff, we literally were just finishing writing on the spot. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Waffle was just, we just totally wrote it on the spot. Uh, it's Garibay, totally on the spot. And then, uh, but 5-4 we'd written already. And then uh, uh, Rodeo Jones was, tra- was tracked actually for Diary. But since we didn't have enough songs for the pink record, they just took that and put it at the end. <laughs> So, uh, hey, you know, it so, worked. Yeah, Jannah had been around for a long time. Um, that's always been one of my favorite ones. And uh, Eight was really old. Eight would like was really, really old. And, and so we brought, again, before a lack of songs, we brought that up. So, and uh, Friday, that's right, that one. So, um, well, yeah, so we were broken up and we did the record, the three of us uh, just tracking basics and then uh i think dan came in after the fact uh and then we did the tour and then jeremy came and did the vocals for the record after that tour okay and it was just him and and brad by themselves so yeah yeah weird surreal i mean i don't know 
Yeah, man. I mean, the band has definitely been had, you know, it's had some serious like on and off. But uh, man, you know, the thing about the first two Sunny Day records is I, I really, if I could go back in time, I wish I would have recorded those to a click. That's all I can say. <sighs> I mean, obviously, that's your prerogative, but I think uh, they sound so good. They they spawned so many great bands. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little all over the place, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know. But that's the humanity. That's what. That's what I think is missing these days. I think it's agreed. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not saying that it. I'm not saying it should be like you know, like digitally, like altered to be perfect. You know, but just, you know, you know, little less shoe in a dryer kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> nah. That's <laughs> yeah. We all have our. It just, it just depends on what I've eaten that morning. If I'm shoe in a dryer, or if I'm just like nice dress shoes walking down a short staircase. You know. Indeed. Yeah. 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 Why don't we just start off with with the first one, with your first choice? Okay. So, oh man. I'll say the first one I'm going to say will be okay. So you know that Chicago record with them with like with the paint and it's like they're hanging on like a. Uh, so oh, I mean I love Chicago. I'm, I'm just not familiar with. I mean most of what I know is like the greatest Chicago hits. But I'm yeah. To so think. this is called Chicago's Greatest Hits, but it's from 1975. It's got here. I'll show you. It's like white and it's like someone's hanging like they're like almost like window washing or something. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, got yeah. It. I got it right here. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I thought they were painting. Supposedly painting. The Chicago <laughs> I mean, thing. it's really small. So you're, you're probably right. I'm looking yeah, at yeah. it from so, afar. But I would definitely. So I would say I'm going to bring that in as the first one. And this would be from like I was when I was very like, I mean, like my earliest memories. Really. Okay. Is, is there a certain song you wanted to play? Oh, man. You know, uh. I'm going to go ahead and say, ooh, I mean, 25 or 64 would be, you know. Let's do it. A good one, yeah. I played that song at Pep Band a lot. That's a fun one with a little... Blah, blah, blah. All right, so I was the youngest of nine kids. Okay. So uh, all my brothers and sisters just were always making playing records all the time. This is some of the first stuff, like constant Chicago rotation, you know, all the time. So were you playing drums at this point, or was this just no? You were like, there's something about this that I really dig. Yeah, no, I mean, just it was. So I mean, I, it, it was almost like a soundtrack for me, and just I was a kid, and it's not like I was like. I mean, I liked it, but yeah. it was more just like. Part of the part of my silence, and you know, sure. <laughs> part of the part of the background noise that was always there, and uh, uh, and so I liked it. Over the years, I've I've come back to it and gone like, God damn, yeah. you know, like holy crap. So all the all the early Chicago stuff is just crazy. So do you but prefer yeah. this stuff over like the Peter Cetera later stuff? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah, I still, I, I still dig that stuff a little bit. I, yeah, drug... yeah, no, I, I like it. Yeah, no, I like it. But I definitely, but it's this stuff was like the, you know, this was like 1979. You know, yeah. hanging out as a kid. You know, like cruising around, playing. You know, and uh, but yeah, and then around this same time, have you ever heard the the musical version of War of the Worlds? No. Got the main singer from the Moody Blues. He sings a bunch on it, and. uh and I can't remember the name of the guy who, you know, arranged the whole production, but it's basically this musical version of the World of the Worlds that used to scare the absolute shit out of me. Sure. And, uh, uh, but it's really kind of, it's pretty cool and trippy, but like, uh, 
I would just walk into my brother's room and see the record cover and I would freak out and run. But and I would <laughs> they'd put it on and I would listen to it, but like from a distance, you know, it's crazy. Hey, y'all, I wanted to <laughs> I can't say I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patina 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode. It's essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye so, and then another one that I would have to, God, man, it was really hard to choose, but uh, I'm going to go as, so songs in the key of life also around. Oh show. yeah. Uh, Stevie wonder. Definitely. And then as far as uh, the song, that song, Sir Duke, when I was a kid, I really would get a kick out of that. You know, I know that. So yeah, I, I, I wanted to be a drummer since I was five though. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, my brother had a drum kit and unfortunately we loaned it out to not his friends, but my other brother's friends, and they never gave, they never returned it. It just vanished. It sucks because I would have been using that. It was an old Pearl kit, and I would have been using that the whole time. But instead, I had to wait until I was thirteen. I had to like spend from five, age five to thirteen, tell asking my folks like, "Look, I really want," you know. And they're like, "Ah, it's just a passing thing." I'm like, "No, it's not." <laughs> so. They gave me a snare drum when I was like 11. And then finally they gave me a drum kit when I was uh, 13. And uh, yeah. But, so you were uh, only playing on a snare drum for two years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't barely played. I mean, you know, I played on the marching band for like a, a week, but it was just like, you know, yeah, totally. It was not, a, it, I, I, I wish that I had, that I would have been, you know, absorbed by some kind of drum corps training. I yeah. really wish, you know, I wish I would have, but it just wasn't. Well, speaking of that, I mean, I know, um, I know you took some time off from drumming, and then you recently came back with, with uh, your band Assertion, which we will play a song uh, from that in a second. But I, I know you, I've, I've heard you describe your drumming when in your younger days as you basically boxing with yourself um, and having a, a lack of technique, which I consider myself having the same thing. What is your relationship with technique these days? Um, 
kind of coming back into it um, with a, a different perspective now? Well, I had already started to adjust my approach before I stopped. So um, I was going through kind of a huge transformation already. But uh, so I, uh, I, I did about seven years of martial arts training and that kind of acted oh, as wow. kind of like a cross training thing for drumming and I learned how to breathe. Uh, I uh, learned how to relax <laughs> more, you know, I learned yeah. how, you know, I learned how to basically pick my moments, you know, and because uh, before, man, it was literally like, hold your breath, hyperventilate, hold your breath, hyperventilate, and just like, you know, like literally just almost self-punishment, you know, there's a lot of, I had a lot of rage. So I had to deal with that. That was stemmed from, you know, like loss of loved ones, you know, my sister died when I was a kid, you know, it's all very heavy, but that stuff definitely had a huge impact and was the real driving force behind me playing because it was my only way of sort of like expressing these things that I didn't have any way to, I didn't, I, they were very difficult to process, right? Sure. Yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, but, the, but unfortunately it was, it was, it was a lot of rage. And so the martial arts training helped me, um, uh, gain balance, you know, and recognize the sacred anger aspect of the rage, you know, mm. you know, so, and sort of like move to that away from sort of more self-destructive, you know, rage. So and, which uh, martial art was it? Uh, so it was like this, like Northern Mo temple, five style fist, like Shaolin Kung Fu. Oh, okay. Uh, also I, 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 like I stopped drinking and it wasn't like I, I was like, okay, I'm going to quit. Like through the training, it just, it just disappeared. Oh, that's it's the awesome. weird, weirdest thing you know i'm not like anti-drinking i'm not like sober guy sure you know but i mean i was definitely i had a lot of anxiety so you know i would drink to basically make it you know get like peace from it for a few drinks and then of course you want to stay there so you keep going yep absolutely uh, yeah but uh no so ultimately it was the martial arts that got control of the the anxiety and got me to and playing to sort of breathe relax um and uh yeah so just relaxing more for sure. Do you still do that uh, martial art? Is that still a part of your daily life? Uh, no, I'm not in a. I'm not in the school anymore. It was just for like seven years. But uh, I've been thinking about doing it again. It's just hard to find the time, you know, and money. Actually, oh my right god! Now. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Before we move on, I, I, I do. I do want to play a little bit of Sir Duke. So by all means, we can keep talking about the same thing. But um, let's sure, just sure. put put some uh, some Sir Duke in the background, which I'm assuming. I'm assuming, I guess, I don't know for this record, but is this also Stevie playing drums on the whole record? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what's what's number three of fifty-five? I'm gonna go. Permanent waves rush. 
Oh, yeah. First track. When I was 13, my brother, Brian, um, who was really into music, he basically, he sat me down and he played record after record for me and took me through this journey, like that each record was. And that was like, that was the, that was the, that pushed things over the edge. And that's when I got my drum kit and I was like, here we go. You know? I can see the sound of, of the way you, like the way your, your drums sound in Sunny Day. I can see it from this record for sure. It yeah, sounds like, super clean. Yeah, it's sloppier though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Neil Peart definitely was a big, yeah, big influence, and I didn't even really acknowledge that, even to myself, for a long time. Then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, well, gee, totally, you know. Yeah, it's sad that he's passed away, but you know, oh. he's probably, he's probably flying around. Oh yeah, he's in his motorcycle far. somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, and then the thing that happened with his. Wife and daughter, how they, they, I mean, God damn, dude. I wouldn't even, yeah, I wouldn't even I mean, know it seems like he did the same thing that you did, is that he took horrible things and made them into, like, amazing music. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all you can do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he was a big influence. Uh, pretty much him, Keith Moon, and uh, John Bonham were, like, my, like, they were my, they replaced, like, Wolverine and Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, like, my new superheroes, you know. So you live in Los Angeles now? Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Studio City now. I used to live um, I used to live right above like Franklin Village, like La Poubelle, all that stuff in Hollywood. But now I live in in Studio City and it's so much nicer. It's just really? quiet. I feel like a human again. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I've spent three months in Los Angeles when we were doing that um, that finishing that fire theft record and uh, I don't know. I definitely, I don't think I was in the nicer part. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't like it there for three months. And that would have been what, 2002, 2003? Yeah, yeah. So we, st yeah, we started recording that record the day after 9-11. Oh, geez. Literally the next day. I know, it was crazy. Again, uh, taking a bad thing, making it into music, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. It definitely affected the record for sure. But, um, but yeah, so, and then that record took a long time to make primarily because, um, Brad, uh, the producer, had like one or two other records that he had to leave and go do and then come back, you know. So, so I mean, it was spread out over like two and a half years, I think, pretty much. But it didn't take us that long to make the record. It was just we had to go and then stop and then start. But we that was the first time I'd recorded a record in uh, a house or my our house. We recorded it in Jeremy Nice's house. Oh, okay. And uh, I was just like, man. I don't ever want to go to a studio again, you know. <laughs> I really like, you know, and that's where we record. We make our records here, you know. Mm -hmm. So, or we track the drums here, some of the, some of the vocals and guitar, but then also Justin does them at home at his house too. And but is this yeah. like a separate kind of uh, above garage thing of your place, or where where is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's another, yeah, it's like a separate building. It's right next to the house, and yeah, it's above the garage. So nice. So you can play whenever you want, which is nice. Yeah, actually, uh, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have a neighbor who just has something that I, she has a, a vendetta against some issue that is probably antiquated, but she's taking it out on me. Sure. So she's been calling the cops constantly. And so I did additional soundproofing. I took decibel, you know, uh, readings outside and, and talked to the cops. I was like, look, 
this is the decibel reading. This is what I did. I'm within the law. So yeah, just, you know, you know, I was, he was like 46 decibels. That's not bad. And I was like, I know it's not You're that like, bad. You're like, see, dude, geez. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah. And, uh, yeah, you are a basher too. So, um, it's, it's, yeah. I, I was going to bring, and I, I, so, so am I, so am I. Um, and <laughs> I did, uh, Jason McGurr, one of the many people oh. again, that, that brings you up in, in high regard. And he, 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 he told the story as, as one of his favorite things. Um, but that when you, I think you went in for a lesson with him and that yeah. you broke the bass drum head, uh, pretty quickly. And he's like, he was so happy. Cause he's like, this is exactly what you want to happen when William comes into your space. You want yeah, yeah, William yeah. to be William, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I was, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So I was having some problems with my, um, my arms. Uh, my that was another thing is I I was having serious physical issues so I that whole period where I was doing the martial arts I was doing all kinds of stuff trying to basically figure out why I couldn't raise my arms past this point you know oh and yeah yeah so yeah I went through a whole process to figure that out but Jason McGurr is um, one of the most profoundly inspirational and ingenious drummers like in of all time I agree. Um, I was going to ask, is, is, is quadrophania going to be one of your choices? <laughs> yeah, that's the next one. That's How did awesome. You know? you know, I got to do some creeping um, uh, <laughs> before I hop on these a little bit. So I kind of act like I know what I'm doing. But, oh, okay. um, but yeah, it's such a great record. And of course, um, I love that Keith Moon is one of your, one of your, one of your dudes. So yeah, so yeah which, which, rec which, uh, which song from that? Uh, oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to say, uh, is it in my head? Uh, that okay. one I'd say, yeah. Perfect, here we go. I see a man without a problem. I see a country always star. But man, uh, yeah, this record like was my this was like my we, he introduced me to this record right when I'm going into high school, and that was pretty much, you know. So you were a few years into drumming at that point. You were a drummer. No, no, no. So it was like right when I was 13, and it was right before I actually got, oh, finally okay, got a okay. drum kit. Yeah. I'm trying to think when no. do people start high school. I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm so I mean, removed well, so, from it now. I'm like, uh, yeah. So I mean, 13, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I was going into high school, 14, 15. So I mean, it was. Yeah. right before that so okay but just but yeah but basically like all through high school i was listening to that you know yeah i mean he like encapsulates and personifies a teenager boy's way they want to drum yeah i yeah, mean yeah. it's like why would you not want to be keith moon when you're 13 yeah, yeah yeah but definitely it's interesting though as as the years have gone on i definitely i still appreciate like you know his and you know uh his influence on me and i still like have things that i do that are kind of like you know my own quiet tips of the hat to him sure. uh, but uh i've definitely okay i found that i have a little bit more in common i, I mean I, I leaned towards bonham as the years went on a little bit more just like that you know uh, moments of explode you know exploding at certain moments and then a better sense of pocket and groove you know like musicality to your con and consistency you know well that's the thing yeah yeah so but consistently sure. consistency going back to that that uh sunny day song i played i mean your snare on that one the way you hit that it's like so 
and I'm assuming that's all the tape. So that's you know, that's you playing that. Um, very consistent, man. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I think. I think it was McGurr that said something to me once. He was like, "Every time I hit the drum, it, I hit it as if my very life depended on it, or something like that." And I, I agree like, with that statement. Uh, yeah. And I was kind of like, I think that's pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. You know? <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like, it was my only sort of like way that I figured out how to, you know, it's weird, man. It's like having like that weird kind of like that I didn't even know, like the whole ADD thing. And a lot of people think it's bullshit, but you know, you could go ahead and scan my brain and you're going to sit there. You'll yeah. see it. So, but it's, it's a weird thing to, you know, to be living with as a kid, especially when, you know, it's essentially that you're either that you're told that you're either stupid or, or you know, or lazy or just not a good kid. You know, yeah, and not that you learn differently. So yeah, so it was just weird. So I mean, I I figured you know, shit, I'll just hit these, I'll hit these things, and <laughs> I'll do. I'm gonna play music, but I, uh, you know, it's weird. The first record that I ever bought was Remain in Light by Talking Heads. I, I think I got really interested in um. Like my brother would tell me stories like about how what what a genius David Byrne was and you know like a really interesting dude. Also, uh, people like and also like Gary Newman. It's just interesting because they're like there are two people I can think of that I just found profoundly fascinating, and and I couldn't quite put my finger on why, but they're hyper you know brilliant talented, but it turns out that they're autistic. Oh, and uh, I had no idea. And uh, very interesting, but my son has autism, so it's interesting. But like, um, but yeah, there's an interesting Gary Newman story that I'll tell you that's pretty bizarre. You know, like very interesting. Like it literally, Gary a Gary Newman story that spans from literally like the age of six years old to thirty-seven, I guess, whatever it was. Well, go yeah. ahead, tell away. Well, okay, so this had a big impact on me. So when I was around six, I guess years old or seven maybe i saw gary newman play on saturday night live and it just scared the crap out of me <laughs> i mean it was so but it was intriguing but it was really i was just like what is going on with this guy <laughs> yeah but uh but it but it really i i just it it left a mark you know i never forgot about it then uh years later when i was like uh 16 i guess 17, I was watching this movie called Ergo Music War, and it has him, it has footage of him doing that song down in the park. And again, it kind of scared the crap out of me, but more so intrigued me. And uh, that became what I just became one of my favorite songs. And I just had this weird fascination with well, David Byrne and, and Gary Newman, actually. But but Gary Newman, it was this weird, like bizarre secret fascination of mine. I would like drive around and listen to like Telecon or the old Two Boy Army stuff. I don't know, man. I mean, it was like raw and weird. It wasn't like insanely amazing, but also the use of like synthesizers and stuff. It was just very, I don't know. There was just something about it. So then years later when I was um, in the Foo Fighters, Dave said, hey, uh, let's do a cover. What cover do you guys want to do? And I was like, down in the park. And he goes, oh, I've always wanted to cover that. And I was like, me too. <laughs> so we covered it. And then it ended up being on the soundtrack for the, that X-Files show. It's mm. like like songs in the key of X or something silly <laughs> like that. I know. It's a good so, idea. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we did the yeah that Gary Newman cover, and then uh, and um, and then after I left the band, 
And when uh, Sunny Day was was doing the How It Feels to Be Something on touring, um, our booking agent contacted me and they said, hey, would you like to go and see Gary Newman and not just go see him, but, you know, go and meet with him after the show because he knows about the cover and all the stuff like yeah. that. And uh, <clears throat> I guess like Foo Fighters had covered Down in the Park. I guess Marilyn Manson had covered Down in the Park. Vastly different versions, I, guess, I think. But um, but I think that it, it it didn't hurt him i think at the time it helped people generate some more interest so mm -hmm. so anyway so i went and saw the show and it was really cool and it was awesome to hear him playing all those old you know all those old songs and uh and then i hung out and talked to him for like over two hours after the show and it was really really interesting he's a super nice guy and really really humble and just felt fortunate to actually be able to be playing music you know again do you still keep in contact with him have you talked no, to him after that or no no it was just that one time yeah but yeah does your son play music? Uh, no, but he loves hanging out. His little sister, so his little sister already, I don't, uh, so let's do a little drums right there. Oh, awesome. So she comes over and she plays with me or she plays while we're practicing. She has a little, you know, and she's, uh, she's already going to be able to play. So Hell I yeah. and, and she wants to. So, and my oldest daughter, uh, Ariah, she plays guitar a little bit. Logan loves coming over and just hanging out and he just like hangs out and he watches and then he'll come and he'll just sort of hanging out hang out behind the drums and he likes just tapping the bass drum and he just taps the tom like that you know uh, yeah. but uh he's a navigational genius and oh, it's weird awesome. like we can go somewhere once that literally i would need gps to find again and he he everywhere we go he memorizes the landscape of where we go and how you get there so then he goes to Google Earth and I video screen recorded his process. And it's not like he's going and clicking on a history. He didn't have the iPad with him. You know what I mean? So he'll go and he literally will drive. He'll get on the road and he'll drive to wherever we went. And we'll, we will have been there one time. That's amazing. So, yeah, yeah. So I've been like, God, man, what other superpowers are like lingering <laughs> yeah. Because exactly. I mean, that's, I, I mean, man, I would go so far as to say I'm directionally challenged. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's really nuts. Like, I've never seen anything like it. I told his teacher and she was like, really? I was like, yeah, it's nuts. But he loves music. You know, he really loves music, but he gets shy about, you know, like, I'll try to give him the sticks. He's like, no, no, no. He just kind of goes. Like, you know. But he likes to sit and hang out when uh, when I'm playing. But. The only issue is, is if we're ever somewhere and there's another band playing and another drummer and they get up and play, it doesn't go well. Like oh. he gets very upset and gets very confused and doesn't understand why I'm not doing mm -hmm. it. So, uh, yeah, we had a bad, yeah, we had a rough spot where we went and he came to a show with us where we were playing, but we weren't playing yet. Somebody oh, else no. was playing yeah. and he just he went ballistic. So I was like, oh, man shit uh well yeah. yeah let's let's go to number number i guess six let's let's go rogue okay so uh no means no wrong okay you ever heard that band no oh my god this is why okay. i have the podcast is i want to freaking learn these things oh, okay uh hold on but there's a there's a song called stock taking still to this day like these guys i mean i just it's just never stops to blowing me away
Jeremy and I, in high school, Jeremy and I, we would go and see these guys a lot. When this record come out? Uh, 89, 90, I think. Okay. Yeah, I love like, it when you when you hear you're like a minute into the song, you're like, I still don't know where this is gonna yeah. go. You, you know, know, it's you know, it's so crazy. Okay, so 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 I I've talked about like Andy Kerr a lot, like you know, like and no means no. And then one day I was like, I wonder if he has Facebook. And then I like was like searched like his little fucking yeah. stalker. And then I saw <laughs> I found him. And I'm like friend request. And then he accepted it, and I'm like, I'm all giddy. And then fucking uh, and then I, I get a message from him on Messenger. I'm like. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what? and he goes, he goes, hey William, how's it going? Uh, he, he's like, uh, my son and I listened to the pig record and the fire theft all the time, and I was like, what? Oh my god! <laughs> talking about, I was like, tell your son that his dad is the reason those records exist. Oh you know? yeah, literally for everybody in the band, like no means no, changed their li- their lives. So. Yeah, man, just like so. What's cool, and we become uh, like friends. We talk, we talk a lot, actually. And like, he's awesome, dude. Really. Are they still making music? I mean, are they still doing things? Or well, so he quit the band. So they made one more record after this one called Zero Plus Two Equals One with him. And then he decided that he left the band. He he was one to mellow out and not tour. So good. So then, uh, so they got another guy. And I mean, they're still great, but after he left it just was never the same you know like i mean they're all insane they're all amazing like and they still were amazing but um something about andy man i don't know something about him just the dude had like a weird that this fire you know what i mean yeah like there's not there isn't a word for it it's just this x factor i don't know yeah Yeah, there's a whole lot of tricks going on there like you could just (laughs) yeah you could use like four or five specific things on there could be like the like the sound check like it just play the whole kit and you're like oh this is gonna impress someone just do something from that song yeah but angie's a guitar player oh that's what you're saying okay yeah 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 yeah. that's the crazy thing is he's a guitar player like that's what's nuts you know and singer you know they all sang but you know he's yeah a lot 
Well, sick. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to go down the rabbit hole with that record. Yeah. But um, I- all right. So one more, and then let's let, let's play Assertion, which is I'm I'm so stoked to hear more music from that. So uh, you know, I, I, I let's just go straight to that. Let's do I it. could just go over. Let's go. To- totally. To yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let, let's see if um, it should be able to show this audio. So here we go.
you're such a good uh, arranger of parts to make the song interesting the whole way through. I gotta say, man, it's really fun. Because uh, you would bring back motifs, which again, probably uh, loving Rush so much, but that you changed it enough to the song was still a little bit elevated, like with the open hi-hat during that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's really yeah. cool, man. It's really awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm really excited about this record. And uh, it's just, I feel lucky to be able to like come back to music and um, be, have more respect for myself and and there, therefore, you know, and thusly more respect for my instrument and the art and music in general, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and it's more like uh, just about expressing uh, and uh, and documenting the human experience as opposed to, you know, just flailing and like punishing yourself over trauma, you know, yeah. so, you know what I mean? So, but I've got kids now, it changes everything. Sure. The, everything I do now is for them. Music, whatever I do, it's all for them. So always will be. So, yeah. Uh, To go back to Assertion real quick, I mean, you guys, this would be uh, the second album. What's, what, what does the future hold for Assertion? Like what's... Well, we're going to do this record right now. So it's, um, it's just Justin and I, it's just two of us now. So, and uh, we're actually going to be doing, we're doing experimenting right now with playing as a two piece and Justin using an octave pedal to grab the low end. We've also been experimenting with me playing to a click, and uh, which I actually like to do now. It's funny, you know. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd be intimidated at first, but now I'm just like, just somebody was saying, I don't remember what drummer it was. They were like, "Man, playing to a click, it's almost like they're doing the work for you." <laughs> you know, exactly. it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like here, this this is where you're supposed to be over here. But like, but uh, but yeah, so me playing to a click, and then us having some of the textures you know, as, you know, pre-recorded and back, of course, you know, coming through, but we're going to try to do a marriage of both, I guess, and see what happens. So, but right now we're just a two piece and we experimented with that a little bit. We, at first we were experimenting with actually having ju- the bass Justin recorded, um, coming through and then having that be the bass and then be playing to a click. Yeah. But, you know, and, uh, but we've kind of been opting for the octave pedal and then, you know, the other textures. Yeah, through. yeah. I do have I, I do have one question for you because um, it just seems like you work with really great people. So what do you? Um, how do you decide who to work with? You know, like what 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 is something that really pulls you to work with someone and take the time to invest in writing with them? Because obviously, like I said, throughout your career, you've picked really interesting and unique songwriters to work with. Ah. Uh. Well, I don't think I—I I don't think it was ever a, ma- a matter of me picking them, uh, because plus me, I, trust me, I've been on a lot of terrible hardcore bands. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I mean you know it's not terrible. It's just I know, like yeah, pro- protest rock. But like, um, sure. But we, uh, I mean, Jeremy and I, we, you know, we were we, we, you know, we were friends since he was fourteen and I was sixteen, and you know, um. I liked playing with him because he was hyper talented, you know. Uh, but it's funny because when we were playing together, we was in this hardcore band where like none of his none of his real talents were actually ever being like utilized. <laughs> but but uh, but I mean, Dan and Nate had a- approached me and asked me if if I would play with them, and then I was like, hey, I've got this friend, you know, because mm-hmm. Dan was singing at first and. 
you know, it was impossible to find a singer. So like, all right, well, let's just have Dan. will just do what we always do and have somebody scream, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but he got better as time went on. But, um, but then, you know, uh, we did an experiment where Nate was gone and we were a three piece with Dan playing bass and Jeremy singing, playing guitar. And that was a little side thing. And then that ended up sort of taking over and becoming Sunny Day Real Estate. We dumped like the 46 songs we had written previous oh. to that. And then started with like six or seven new ones, which ended up being on Diary, you know, a lot of them. So, but with the, with the, like the the assertion guys, I mean, was it just because obviously you said you had taken some time off? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it it was it was when I saw so Justin had reached out through like Facebook and basically was like, hey, uh, I started playing drums, trying to play seven, so I just wanted to say thanks, and you know, I you know, Sunny Day was a really big inspiration. I said, that was nice to hear. And I appreciated it. And so then I started looking at what he was doing. And I saw that he taught music. And he also taught music to children with autism, which mm. I found which really got my interest because with my son and everything. Yeah. And um, Justin also has a son that uh, is uh, also a genius and and is on the spectrum. And um, yeah, and uh, uh, I think I kind of wanted to learn from Justin a little bit because I was like, still flying blind still am. Yeah. And um but uh then I saw Justin's band that he has with his two kids Dahlia and Lucian called Pig Snout and I just it just knocked me on my ass. And I was like, "Oh my god, what am I doing?" Because literally I was hiding from I was hiding from that part of myself. I was it was like I didn't even ever play drums. I just and so my kids didn't know anything about any part of me like that. Mm. They, they didn't know and so I, it made me realize that uh, that it was it was a it was a tragedy that I was um, not sh that was the only magic I have to share with them. And so I saw him doing that with his kids, and I was like, "Dude, okay, I need to rethink things." So the funny part of the story is that um, so I was like, "Hmm, maybe they'll let me do like a second drummer and join their band." <laughs> <laughs> so so i was like hey you you ever you know what about like doing a two drummer thing and i'll back up dahlia and or lucian whoever's playing drums yeah and he was like yeah that'd be awesome and so he asked dahlia and lucian and dahlia goes no it's it's a family band <laughs> she was like <laughs> she was like he's not he's not a Taminga." so yeah like, i mean Sorry. good for her for holding you know standing her ground you know yeah yes yes <laughs> yes uh, definitely uh i right yeah that's funny because one of their songs is called hold your ground but um there you if go. you ever get it if you ever get a chance just look up tar trap by pig snout okay yeah 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 actually i would i would play that actually it's it's awesome But yeah, and then uh, it was this stuff. That I was like, man, I was like, 
this guy's got a cool voice too you know you know yeah. it's just very you know he hates his voice but oh, uh they all do yeah 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 yeah. but like uh what's interesting about justin is he's um justin has like these files on his computer and one of them will say like one of them says like um 270 something one says like 306 another one says like 114 like and they're all song ideas a lot of them are hyper personal he's been keeping to himself and it's just like his way of processing he and i he and i uh as time went on we came to realize it was really strange because like we had things in common that we didn't realize that we realized that maybe that's what we Mm. subconsciously recognize yep. unfortunately those things that we have in common are horrific and brutal mm. but nevertheless it's just interesting it's like i don't know <clears throat> but um there's songs that he's done that literally he would never show anyone and i'm just like dude uh i don't know dude i was like i understand why but this is a really good song you yeah know? so yeah we write like we write stuff together and then also there'll be times where we'll go through those files and we'll like be like, yep, that's good. Let's build that. Yep, that's good. Let's build that. You know. So I mean, literally, we'll be. We can be. We'll, we will be. Uh, there's enough there are, until the day we die. Like there's just enough stuff to, to work with. It's just hell yeah, yeah. And then we, you know, we're constantly writing new stuff all the time. So we, mm -hmm. so, so we're almost done with the second record, and then we already have most of the third record tracked, too. <laughs> so. Well, what happened with the COVID thing is like basically couldn't do anything. So we just basically just started recording and then just kept recording, finished the first record. Still, there's all the lockdowns. So we just kept recording and we just kept writing. So yeah, so yeah. So I mean, we've got three and a half records written and then two and a half like that are, yeah, two and a half tracks. So like the second record is tracked. One song needs vocals now, that's it. And Jeremy's got to lay down. Well, that's a good problem to have, to have too much stuff. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> you no. You can't I'm release stoked. it soon enough. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited. It's going to be an interesting uh, year coming up here. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye!